Welcome to Dad Up, a podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. If you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy listening. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Steve Orozco has joined me on Dad Up today. Steve is a former Wall Street broker turned professional MMA fighter and is now the founder and CEO of Smash Global. After years in the cage, he identified an opportunity to raise a level of class and sophistication in a sport by creating entertainment events for premium clientele. Smash Global delivers a unique experience that is one part sporting event, one part networking, one part award ceremony, and all parts class and sophistication. Steve's role as a father is what drives his success in all areas of his life. He will be the first to admit that he would do anything for his kids. Pay close attention to the wisdom he shares on being a dad and how much he enjoys staying actively involved with his kids. Please welcome Steve Orozco to Dad Up. Steve, thank you very much for joining me on Dad Up today. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. And um, so welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, for my listeners who don't maybe not know who you are, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of your backstory, and uh, then also how many kids you have? Yeah, so I'll start with the most important facet, how many kids I have. I have two. I have a 14-year-old daughter and a 6-year-old son. Um, my backstory goes, you know, double major, finance and marketing for undergrad. I went to grad school. I got my MBA and my MS. I worked on Wall Street. While doing all of that, I still kept up with my training. I wrestled my entire life. So I was doing jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai and boxing, and I just fell in love with MMA so much that at 28 years old, I quit everything that I worked for. Um, I packed my family, moved to, moved to San Diego, and uh, I fulfilled my dream of fighting professionally. And uh, I won 8-0 as a pro. I had my first loss, which was in 2014 um, in Melbourne, Australia. And after that loss, I was 34 years old. And literally, just like any parent, I was like, man, got a one-year-old son at home. I've had a couple of knee surgeries. I'm 34. I don't know how much more left I have in the tank. I could fight more, but actually training for fight camp, what it does to you and the stresses on your family is a lot that people don't realize. So I came back. I guess retired. And then I started my own company called Smash Global. So now instead of being a fighter, I am I'm an owner of a fight league. And right now I'm just I'm building up. Obviously, COVID shut us down for the whole year. And so hopefully 2020, 2021 will be uh, back up and running. Wow. Okay. So there's a, there's a lot going on in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you went from, from basically a wall street broker essentially, right? Uh, yeah. straight, straight into MMA. What in the world were you thinking? Man, it's, you know, I'm a very, and I so cliche to say, cause it's like the trending thing of now is, you know, do what you love and find your passion. You know, cause when you're younger, I'm, I'm going to be 40 years old this year. So I was, you know, I was an eighties kid. It was, go to college, go to college, go to college. No one cared about passion. Entrepreneurship wasn't cool until like 2006 or seven. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, so for me, it was, I was never happy, but I was always a passion driven guy and wrestling was my sport. And I would give anything um, back to the sport that it asked of me. And um, because of it, that's why I started doing jujitsu. And when I started doing jujitsu, which is grappling with submissions, um, I really fell in love with that, and that just turned into MMA, and I said, if I ever left the industry, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Obviously, you can't fight forever, but uh, this is what, it's what really got me up in the morning, and, and I loved every minute of it. 
Now, how did you, I mean, how did you, how did you deal with that transition? Cause you're, you're dealing, you, you have a, you have a very successful uh, career and to go kind of follow your dreams, which is a, which is a huge risk. And we always talk about, you know, you've got to take risks if you want to get anywhere in life, but that's a huge risk, especially with a family. Um, how did you, how did you get started? I mean, how did you find it and then ultimately end up pro? Um, well, for me, honestly, the, the most important aspect was, you know, I had a, a foundation to go off of that most people don't have. So, you know, at 20 years old, I had two master's degrees and mm-hmm. a strong finance background. So I'd always said to myself, you know, I'd go all in for MMA for a few years. And literally my goal was to only get into the UFC. So I'm fighting until I lose once. And when I lose, I'm either done or I'll go for one more. And obviously, I, I made the choice of one and done. So I left, you know, at eight and one. And it still rubs me the wrong way because I wish I could run that one back. Um, right. You know, because I made a mistake, you know, in, in the beginning of that fight. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, fighting that is so funny because, you know, we're going to talk about family and how important family is. And, you know, my family went to every single one of my fights. Family, Oh, friends. really? That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. My wife was there. She'd bring my son. Um, even though he was like six months old and, uh, there's that energy that you don't want to disappoint them. So it really helps you, um, focus. So my last fight was the first time I fought outside the country. I was by myself. It was me and my coach flying all the way to Melbourne, Australia, 18 hour flight from California and having to cut 20 pounds, you know, in three days, having no family support during that process. It's, it's a little different mindset when you're on your own. And for me as a fighter, it's kind of like, well, who, who cares about home field advantage? It's just me versus another human in the cage. You know, right. there's no such thing in fighting. People are always like, Steve, I'm telling you, you're going to see. And, uh, and I felt it that night, you know, it was I'm fighting at essentially three o'clock in the morning, their time. That's already an issue. Right. Um, but we're the main event that night and he was a hometown kid. So the, it was 99.9% Australians, you know, cheering him on and, and booing me and saying, F America, right. you know. And, and at first, I loved that feeling because I never felt that animosity. I was like, this is pretty cool. But it wasn't until I was in the ring and they're announcing both of us. And I looked across the ring. I should never have done it. And he just had that glimmer in his eye. Like, there's no way I'm going to lose tonight. I'm walking on water. I had this whole auditorium behind me. I just fought a little bit differently at the opening bell, and I wish I didn't. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I suffered for it. Well, let's do this. Kind of, you know, we'll talk about the Smash Global as we as we go along here. But um, kind of segueing into your kind of your dad role, um, you know, you got two kids, uh, kind of a kind of a pretty big spread of age uh, yeah. difference, and also a daughter and a son. But what do you enjoy most about being a dad? From your daughter to your son, what do you enjoy most about it? Wow, you know it's two completely different relationships. So right. I got I got married at an early age. I was 24. Um, my wife was 25. This is my ex-wife, by the way. And uh, we had my daughter when I was 25, so still young, you know, respectively to have a kid. I was actually in grad school still, and uh, we just didn't work out. You know, we just kind of, you know, sometimes you have kids, you kind of um, separate instead of coming close together, sometimes it divides your relationship. And unfortunately it did for us still remain good friends. So nothing's changed that way. But uh, so I wasn't there to like, raise my door. Like I would have liked to, it was like a distance relationship and flying back from California to Connecticut. 
like three or four times a year. And uh, again, I had a great relationship with my, with my daughter up until she went into high school and I feel like I lost her. It's so, it's so bizarre. She's not the same girl. Like, for example, if I text her, it's like I get an emoji back. I won't even get a response. Right. Whereas, like, the summer before she went to high school, it was daddy, daddy, daddy. So something obviously changed with kids, which is fine. It is what it is. I hear from other fathers, too. So I did miss a lot, I guess, with her hands-on. So I wasn't a hands-on father. Um, I also had a different mindset back then. At 25, I was like, you know, we, we'll let her cry to sleep with sleep training, and she can't sleep in bed with us, and all these things like I, I was so structured with. Now, fast forward to my son, having my son at the age of 34, 33 years old, complete mm-hmm. opposite, complete opposite. He, right. can sleep in bed, he can sleep in bed with us as long as he wants because I know one day it's going to stop. You know, I, I didn't let him cry to sleep. He's like my best friend. He's actually become my best friend even more so because of COVID. It's kind of like the silver lining in all of this the world shutting down. I became, because I'm the entrepreneur in the family, so I became the stay-at-home dad because our city's been shut down the whole time in New Haven, Connecticut. The school system is still being remote. So I do all the homeschooling. It's a lot of work. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm on, dude, I got to sign into Google Classroom at like 8.30, 9.30, 10.30, 11.30. <laughs> I got a list of assignments I have to do. I'm like, I'm not even getting paid for this. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's not even the work is hard. It's just like it's such an inconvenience and so much time and it's a first grader. So I have to actually teach him how to read and teach him how to write and teach him how to do math. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, because of it, we become so close. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you know, I say this all the time to parents because I was a guy who just wanted to work, 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 work and make money because that was everything. But you realize your kids don't care about that. Your kids only care about your time. So you need yeah. to try, it's, you know, it's a balancing act, as you know. But again, kids don't care if they live in a 4,000 square foot home or a 1,000 square foot home. They don't even know the difference. They just want the time from the parents. Mm-hmm. And too many fathers fail at that. They fail. Yeah. They just go, they make an excuse. So I work 80 hours a week. I provide for my family. Well, your family actually doesn't care about that. Your kids just want you. And uh, yeah. COVID made me realize that more so than ever. So I am appreciative of that. I'm glad that you brought that up because it's one of the things that I've mentioned to dads, uh, just, you know, dads that I know or, or friends of mine that, you know, we hear a lot of people that complain about, you know, the pandemic and everything that's going on and how they're kind of feel trapped. And, and I said, you know what, take advantage of it. Uh, yeah. When you're, when your kids are locked up in the house and they can't go out and play with their friends and they're, they're playing on the Xbox, why don't you jump on the Xbox with them and play with them? Enjoy that time because, like you said earlier, and it, and we all know it, it, it's the time goes by so fast. And before you know it, like you said, your daughter gets into high school and she's like, "Who's dad? I forgot all about him." Because yeah, it's just he. She wants to do her. She wants to be independent, and that's you know that's part of life. Uh, my Great. boys are the same way, and both my my boys are older. My, I have a 21 year old and a 19 year old. And they were the same way. They got into high school and they wanted their independence. They're like, look, I'm, I, let me be me. And um, I'm just fortunate enough that I, I was part of their life, their entire life. I coached every single one of their teams. And so I was very involved. So I had that bond with them. But um, you're right. I mean, especially right now, it is so critical that we take advantage of what precious time we do have with them because 
blink and and it's over. Absolutely. And I, I'm so I'm going through that process right now that you just spoke about as far as coaching. Now my son, so okay. now my son rests. He started wrestling last year, but off to his cut short because of COVID. I was helping with that, obviously. And then now we do have soccer is open. So they're looking for more coaches. I was the first one to raise my hand. I mean, I'm bringing awesome. him to practice. I'm bringing him to practice anyway. Right. I love soccer, so I may as well just stay on the field and be active for the hour instead of just sitting there on the sideline. So I'm going to do the same thing that you did. Every soccer and wrestling his whole entire life, I will coach and be a part of. And, and that's, you know, again, that's the, the stru- why the structure is so important. The more involved you are as a father or even a mother, it doesn't matter whether it's education, whether it's sports, the better foundation you're laying for your kids to be successful in the future. Yep. Yep. You know, so you you giving your son 24 hours a day basketball and critiquing and helping him like a personal trainer, he's going to be leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of kids. That's important. Yep. I want I want to be the same way. Absolutely. Good for you. Now, as a dad, uh, a dad that's a, you know, a former MMA, pro MMA fighter, what advice would you give to parents that have kids that maybe want to get into the MMA? You know, we see kids watching, you know, all the wrestling and the MMA that's, that's going on on TV. They, they, they have this, they start wrestling with their brothers or they start throwing their brother around and then they decide, Hey, maybe this is something I want to do. What, what advice would you give to parents? Or is that something that you'd allow your son to even do? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't think I want my – see, I'm very big on education, and I don't know all the ramifications of getting punched in the head over time because every kid and every adult, for example, their brain just reacts differently to blows. Like some football players get CTE and others don't, you know? Right. So I know for my son, I'm not going to allow him to box and get punched in the head until he's older. But wrestling – wrestling from five years old and up i think it's important for kids every kid and not just for the not just to learn wrestling or mma but to learn accountability because it's a one-on-one sport you're accountable to you the harder you work the better you're going to do mm-hmm. and you got to you have to be able to win you got to be able to i mean to win graciously and humbly you get yeah. that in your for your kids but also lose graciously and say, man, this is, I failed. What can I do better? I have no one to blame but myself. And there's not many sports for kids um, that can learn that because there's not many one-on-one sports. And when it comes to combat, like contacts, it, it's a completely different effect on your soul because you literally have to give everything. You're like literally fighting another human to win. You know, it's not like throwing a football or basketball or baseball or anything like that. So wrestling, wrestling, number one, and, you know, there's some parents that they don't like contact at all. So I would say, you know, number two would be like a Taekwondo. Taekwondo is great for discipline and structure. They learn how to kick and punch. And again, all this is for empowerment, right? Right. It's not just so your kid can be the toughest kid in the room because I was never that. I tell my son all the time, you better never hurt anyone. But if someone puts their hand on you, you better put them on the ground. And and I think that's important. (laughs) And then my son will be like, well, you know, Dad, if I do that in school, I'm going to get in trouble. And I'm like, no, you come home, you're going to get ice cream, you know, because it's, imp- <laughs> <laughs> because it's important that these kids protect themselves, but they know why they need to protect themselves. Because I don't want my kid to be a bully, and I sure as hell don't want my kid to be bullied. Because that's right. such a – you can't – I tell parents all the time, you can protect your kids all you want, but as soon as they leave the house and they go to school – they're in a new world. It's like an animal kingdom where 
kids are finding their place on the totem pole. It's just natural was the order of suction kind of thing. Yep. So it's important to, you know, put your kids in something active so they have the confidence and the tools. So when they're not with you, they're okay on their own. And uh, that's that's my advice for all parents. Whether yeah. you have a boy or a girl. Right. So you're you're more from the from the discipline and the structure side, um, not so much the uh, you know let's you know obviously let's just fight <laughs> and let's you know the yeah. the, uh, the I mean there's a lot of bullying going on out there and uh, it's sad to see but you're right it's important to teach our kids how to defend themselves in time yeah. where they need it especially especially in the world of social media oh my god right. I watched uh, I don't know if you saw that documentary Social Dilemma Mm-mm. so it's on Netflix and it really talks about social media and all these architects are that built like Facebook and Instagram, for example, are all speaking about it. And I tell you what, your mind will completely change of how you feel about social media after watching it. And it yeah. talks about kids and, and the social pressures. And I was just like, wow, mm. wow. I'm gonna have to, uh, I'm gonna have to check that out. You should. It's great. What um, you know, you you have a, a, a kind of a business venture that you're kind of going down this this road now for uh, MMA and kind of MMA events, right? Called Smash yep. the World Bowl, your name of your company. Now, obviously, you're trying to keep that going, especially through this pandemic. But how do you balance the time between running that and being spending time with your family? You know, this is a great question because this is going to be a new experience post COVID because I'm. My life has literally this whole entire year been about my family. And like I said, I'm like the stay-at-home mom because my cause my wife, she never she's still at work, so she works all day. I'm home with my son all day, so the tide's gonna turn once COVID is is open. Right. And when I was planning shows, I mean, I was working 80 hours a week. Mm. It was so it's so much work because I'm a, almost a one-man band because I like to do it all as I'm building the company because I want to learn every aspect of it and have it down to a science. So coming out of COVID is going to be a little different. I have to be able to to learn how to balance and juggle family and smash global. Again, because when we we were in LA for the last like 10 years when I built my company, we moved back to Connecticut last fall. So we've been here for a year. And uh, while we were in California, my wife stayed home. That was the deal. I said, listen, I need to work and build this company. You stay home with our son. And, we, you know, that was kind of like we had, we had to do roles because the business startup takes a lot. Right. And uh, there's a lot of frustrate, frustrating moments of, babe, you're not home enough. You know, you spend more time with your family and you say, making the excuses. Oh, but I, I need to do this. I do that. This email, that email and not being able to decompress and actually enjoy my family like I need to. It's going to be a new, a new, uh, I guess, struggle, but I think I'll be able to, to deal with it. Cause I may even now, now when I'm away from my son for like half the day for something, I actually really genuinely miss him. Like yeah, something hey. is missing, you know, like on Monday I had two meetings. I had to go to Providence and Boston. And that literally, I left at 8 AM. I didn't get home until 1 AM. It was a long day. And, wow. uh, I miss my son so much because I'm with him all day. Right. You know? Right. Um, well, well, cool. Well, maybe, uh, maybe your wife will be able to uh, join you in the business sense. So that way you guys will eventually be together or always. That's that. Yeah. That's actually the goal. I'm, I might have, so with my company, I'm actually in the point of, I want to raise capital to expand. Now I've done everything that I could possibly do. We've had 10 events. 
Now I need to go to other cities within the, within America, you know, New York, Miami, Dallas, Boston, for example. And uh, the guy, one of the guys I met with on Monday, um, he loved our meeting, and he <laughs> sends me a message, and he goes, would you be willing to move to Rhode Island? In my head, I'm like, oh, man, this is such a loaded question, you know? <laughs> so I know he's going to come at me, like, next week when I see him with some kind of deal. Hey, I'm going to invest in Smash Global. I want you to move to Rhode Island so we could, like, this be our headquarters. And so my point is, if that were to happen, the only way that could happen is if my wife stopped working again. Yeah. So, yeah. which I would, she'd be okay with. Cause that's, she's like a super mom. She's begging me for more kids. And I'm like, I'm like almost 40 years old. I said, I don't know if I want to spend 40 to 60 years old with more. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Um, what do you think is the single most important thing you've learned from your own parents? And how has it impacted you as a father? Such a good question. So from my dad, for example, one thing I learned from my dad, you know, he, my dad's old school. He's very, What's the word? Uh, respect comes from admiration and fear. You need both mm-hmm. of those components. Otherwise, if you don't like, for example, my wife, amazing mom. My son does not fear her at all. So he doesn't listen <laughs> nearly like he does with me. I say it once, it's it's done. She has to say it like right. 10 times. You know, you know the whole good cop, bad cop. Sometimes <laughs> I get mad. I'm like, babe, this is your moment. This is your moment. You can put the hammer down. Just do it. And, uh, and they can't, and they feel, because they feel guilty, even me. If I yell at my son sometimes, if it's like a bad one, he did something really bad, and I got to really give it to him, um, I actually walk away feeling guilty, like it hurt me too. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to have to do that. Um, but yeah, so for my parents, my dad was very, like I said, respect, constant admiration, fear. I always feared him. I never once talked back to him. And uh, I think because of that, I was able to, be independent, but because I feared my parents, I never got into trouble. Mm. You know, so I think structure in the household is important. Too many parents now aren't hands-on. They're not right. willing to. It's like a, well, you're a coach, so you'll understand this. We've turned into a participation trophy society. Right. And it's the one thing that drives me crazy because effort's important, but kids need to learn. Like, hey, if I work harder, I get first place. I get rewarded. If I don't work hard, I don't get rewarded. That's the point of life. And the world is teaching our kids that they don't have to work hard and they still get rewarded. I'm not about that life. My parents weren't. My parents were like, listen, you're going to college. You have to get good grades. You have to play sports. They made me volunteer. I mean, my senior year, I was reading to the blind every week. I mean, I always did Mm. something. That's awesome. And Yeah, thank you. So, so I, I, just, I, I had good parents. They, it's funny because they came from completely different backgrounds. My mom, who is white, she came from a more upper-class society. My dad was first generation from Trinidad, came with nothing, no education. You know, Ivy League school on my mom's side, no education on my dad's. So I was able to kind of capture both of their – both aspects of them, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, I mean, it's obviously uh, giving our, our kids some independence is, is important, but it sounds like um, because you respected them so much, um, that's what kept you kind of grounded, kind of in line. You know, you, you didn't, you didn't, uh, you didn't kind of test the waters because you had their, their, had their respect and they had yours. So that's awesome. Absolutely. You know, your, your son is six. Obviously I could ask your daughter and she would tell me, but, um, you know, if I were to ask both your kids, tell me something about your dad, what would you hope that they would say about you? 
you know, it was so funny. I had a very shallow moment the other day because my, I don't use TikTok, but my wife <laughs> uses it just to, you know, TikTok's a little too young for me, you know, I'm not doing dance videos, right. but, my, but my, my wife has on her phone just because my son likes to watch some stuff on there. Yeah. And, uh, my daughter, obviously 14 has a TikTok page and, uh, they were going through her TikTok and she had made a video last week and it was like, uh, she said something along the lines of, so you want to cheat on me, right? Was a title mm-hmm. and it goes into a video of me and it says, this is my daddy. Oh, and it shows me training and fighting. And then, uh, and then at the end, she, and then at the end she flexes. And I was like, that got me because when I was growing up, my father was always, well, Steve has it tough as dad. Steve's dad can beat up your dad. And it's kind of funny because it's kind of going the same way with my daughter. And it's kind of cool to see because it's kind of nostalgic. Cause I know what that felt like. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, di- my son, what would he say? It's a good question. I, I will say this. I know he loves when I tell, when he, when I tell him that I'm proud of him. His eyes light up like a Christmas tree. You know, like yesterday we had soccer practice. So my son, I'm not the biggest guy. I'm 5'11", I'm 180 pounds. My wife is 5'7", 150. So she's very solid as well. And my son, he's the biggest kid on the soccer team. He's like a 100 percentile. He's just a big kid. He's tall than everyone. And it's like under eight and he's only six. He's still the biggest kid on the field. I'm like, maybe you should be playing football. Right. And, uh, but he also has a left foot, so he had to do a, a kick from way far out, and he kicked the ball. I said, he kicked the ball straight into the goal, and like oh, wow. over all the kids' heads, he was like, dude, what are you feeding your son lately? <laughs> oh, and so more of the stories afterwards, I was like, man, I was so proud of him. I know it's my practice, but man, I'm your foot, you're, you're practicing, you're getting better, and so I've been talking about this whole entire day. Oh, Dad, God. how about my kick? Dad, how about my kick? And uh, <laughs> Again, I'm not trying to go on a tangent. That's another thing about parents is moms, especially, they always tell their kids they're proud of them no matter what they do. So mm-hmm. I think it almost becomes unimportant anymore. Like it's not special. Whereas like a father, most of the time you have to earn it. You know, like they're not going to say they're proud of you because you got a B or proud of you because you just played a good game. But if you get straight A's, then they're proud. Um, you score three goals, then they're proud, you know, and so boys take it differently. It's like a mom saying, I love you, and a dad saying, I love you. My yeah. father never said he loved me. I knew he loved me, but he just didn't show emotion. And he didn't yeah. hug and kiss me and all that until later on in life. When I had my kids, then he, like, softened up. Something happens, you know, as you get older, obviously. <laughs> and uh, now he says, I love you over the phone. And every time he says it, like, I still feel like a kid because he never did. So I always make sure that I say I love him, you know, every day. I hope more fathers do that. A lot of fathers fail at that. It means yeah. a lot to a kid. You just can't no. overuse it. No, no, you can't overuse it, but you're right. It means a lot to them. And, uh, you know, it's it's part of the bonding connection, you know. It's part of that yes. connection that you need. So, um, well, that's cool. Cool. Uh, Steve, if, if my listeners wanted to kind of look you up, kind of learn a little bit more about you, um, where can they find you? And then also uh, tell me a little bit about Smash Global and, and what it's doing this year or, or this next year. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, Smash Global, we're a fully 
sanctioned professional fight league, no different than the UFC, but we just do obviously on a smaller scale and are near as big as them. One thing that happened when I was fighting in MMA, again, this was like my NBA head. When I stopped fighting, I asked myself, what could I do to make my sport better? What could I do to still stay in the space that I love, but make it to elevate it? One thing about my sport that I didn't always love, because my parents, my family always went to my fights, so you notice these kind of things, was the crowd. The crowd is a very tap-out t-shirt, bug light, bleed, bleed, bleed kind of crowd. Um, right. Compared to compared to boxing, boxing has a lot more class and sophistication. People come in suits and gowns, sit in the front row. It's more of a social experience to go with the actual fight. And uh, I wanted to bring that crowd, that demographic to uh to the sport of mma so i look at boxing as formula one i look at mma as nascar how do i get the formula one crowd so when i got my license i just packaged it different differently where it's a smaller scale of 250 300 people only it's black tie and gown full red carpet um there's 25 to 30 tables of 10 you're eating a four course dinner like filet and salmon open bar and in the middle of all this, instead of a, a dance floor, there's a cage where I have five mm. professional fights. And I always honor someone who made a very a significant impact in the sport or in movies that are related to martial arts. That's why I've done people like Steven Seagal, Mel Gibson, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, Lou Ferrigno, and Dolph Lundgren. And uh, so far, I've done 10 shows, all in Southern California, San Diego to L.A., and now I want to expand. I'm at that point where I want to do in New York and Boston and Miami and Dallas, for example. And then hopefully, you know, get bought out at some point. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Now, is it something that, that people can get tickets to when you have an event yeah. coming up? Can they can, they can go online and, and buy a ticket? Yes. Yes, they can. Uh, my website is uh, www.smashglobal.com. Awesome. And I'm looking, cool. I'm hoping to have my next show in February because California, as you know, is <laughs> they're so strict on everything. They're, they're going to be the last state to open up. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. So I don't. So right now we can't stand their spectators. So you, when you lose ticket sales, then you also have to spend $150 per person times like 150 people for COVID tests, and you're at, you're at such a loss. Yeah. And the only people that can really handle that are the UFC because they have the pay-per-view revenue. Right. Right. So, so hopefully well, awesome. February. Hopefully it'll, yeah. Hopefully it goes on and I'll be, uh, I'll be definitely uh, checking out the website through the tickets. So uh, cool. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, well, look, Steve, it has been a huge pleasure of mine to have you on. I really appreciate it. I feel like you've got a new friend, so I'm certainly going to stay yeah, in cool. touch with you, brother. Let's and, do that. Uh, I, I certainly uh, wish you all the best uh, with your, with your new company. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you again to Steve for talking with me on Data. Steve's got a lot of energy and is clearly making a positive impact on his kids. He's showing through his hard work and dedication what it means to be successful in all areas of his life. His kids are lucky to have such an involved dad. Steve certainly represents the Data community very well. Thank you as always for listening to the show. And as I said before, please subscribe. It is also so important that you share the show with others. The only way the show continues to get noticed is if you're sharing it. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at dadupodcast. I read all your comments and questions and respond to them all. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. This is Dad Up.